or visit EatonRoofing.com. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Never be a victim and become an asset to the Wichita community with training from the Rainier Arms Firearms Academy. They offer a great selection of firearms to fit all your needs, competitive pricing on ammo, and an on-site experienced gunsmith. Come by the -the state-of-the-art indoor shooting facility and sign up to join our Rainier family for discounted products and so much more. Come by the Rainier Arms Firearms Academy and mention ESPN Wichita to receive a free range pass. Curtis Siebold here with good news. Now you can listen to the program with Seren Petro on your way home. Every weekday from 4 to 6 here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Hear the most listened to sports talk show in Kansas City. Seren, producer Jed Marshall and I give you in-depth analysis and opinions with a sense of history and a sense of humor. We'll also give you the best guest lineup you'll find anywhere. So when you punch out, punch up Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. The Raiders filled a quarterback need a couple of weeks after releasing Derek Carr, who then signed with the Saints. Vegas agreed to a three-year deal with Jimmy Garoppolo, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini and Adam Schefter. Three years, $67.5 million, $34 million guaranteed. Solid addition by the Raiders with Jimmy G, believes ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum. They could make the playoffs. You know, they were in nine one-score games a year ago, and Jimmy G's 40-17 and 17 as a starter. Led the NFL over the last three years at 8.3 yards per attempt. I'm a big Jimmy G fan. I think he'll do great with Josh McDaniels. Mike Tannenbaum on Canty and Carlin. McDaniels was Garoppolo's offensive coordinator in New England. 49ers bolstered their defensive line, agreed to a four-year, $84 million deal with Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, $40 million guaranteed. Eagles free agent linebacker T.J. Edwards plans to sign with the Bears. Chargers running back Austin Eckler requesting permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade after preliminary talks on an extension stalled. Georgia Tech has hired Celtics assistant Damon Stoudemire as its new basketball coach. The sides agreed on a five-year contract. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, GEICO makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. GEICO.com. Easy. It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording 
as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O. H to the O V. I used to move snowflakes Welcome by the Welcome to the second hour of the Pulse on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Streaming online at ESPNWichita.com. Streaming on the TuneIn app on your smartphone. We're also streaming on your favorite smart speaker. Tell your smart speaker to tune into ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM, or tune into KKGQ. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Pat Stropman. Producing is Jack Johnson. The phone lines are indeed open. 316-669-4996. The text line was used quite a bit in hour number one, but if you want to call and voice your opinion, that's cool. 316-669-4996. Text line, different number. 316-247-0923-247-0923. Twitter, ESPN Wichita. That's the main station account. My account, Pat Strompman, the handle for Jack Johnson, Johnny J underscore 15. And we also have Facebook. You can message us on Facebook, ESPN Wichita 92.3. Instagram, just follow us there, ESPN Wichita. Don't recommend doing any DMs over that way. We've had a few bots try to send us DMs not too long ago. So I guess if you want to, feel free, but I want to make that recommendation. Instagram is just kind of a deal where we'll post, and that's pretty much it. But, hey, we got it. We got Instagram if you are into that sort of thing, ESPN Wichita. We also have a bracket challenge. You might be interested in that. Last year... Man, we had a ton of brackets in year number one, and we had prizes. We had ten prizes. We can give you ten prizes here for this year. You have to go to ESPNWichita.com, though. That is where you can log on and officially fill out your bracket. ESPNWitchDog.com, click on the bracket time graphic that we have on there, and then get to filling out stuff. And here's the cool part. You can fill out as many as 10 brackets. Fill out as many brackets as you would like. Do one that's upset heavy. Do one that is chalk, whatever you want to do. If you want to do one on mascots, I don't care. Feel free to do that because that's the whole point of it. Go to ESPNWitchDot.com and fill out your bracket and register because here's the deal. We'll be giving away lots of goodies. Wichita Wind Surge tickets. Wichita State Men's Basketball tickets. Wichita State Baseball tickets. We'll have some gift cards, some gift certificates, some swag bags. You name it. We're going to give you a great chance to win something. So log on to ESPNWitchDot.com and fill out your bracket today. We'll be going over the bracket here in just a little bit. Our bracket challenge sponsored by Chance Transmissions as well as Dave & Buster's. And speaking of Dave & Buster's, if you're not doing anything on Friday, come on out to Dave & Buster's. Even if you have something to do on Friday, cancel it. 
It's the first round of the NCAA tournament, man. Come out the Dave and Busters. We're going to be out there. You'll have an opportunity to win an autographed jersey signed by KU great Ochai Abaji. You heard that correctly. We have a jersey autographed by Ochai Abaji. And the only way that you can register is by going to Dave and Busters this Friday. Shane will be out there from 12 to 2. I'm sure we'll be out there set up a little bit earlier at about 11 o'clock or so, maybe 10. Stop on by and register. Your chance to win an autographed jersey signed by Ochai Abaji. And you should stick around and watch some games. Let's be real. Play hooky from work. Nothing wrong with that. If I need to write you a pass, I could do that. I can make it work. All right. So, bracket challenge. It's live. Go to ESPNWitchDog.com. All right. Coming up in 20 minutes or so. We do have to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. They have made a big splash in free agency. We'll tell you about that here shortly. 345 of Mount Rushmore Monday. Might be closer to 350 because we're probably going to go long when it comes to the Chiefs and when it comes to the NCAA tournament bracket. The field is set. It's officially out. Let's dive into it. The Kansas Jayhawks. They are not the number one overall seed. And they are not the number one seed in the Midwest region. No, no, no. They are the number one seed in the West region. The Kansas Jayhawks, 27-7, coming off that loss in the Big 12 championship. They take on number 16 seed Howard in the first round up in Des Moines, Iowa. Howard, last time Howard reached the NCAA tournament in 1992, Howard was matched up with the Kansas Jayhawks. KU was the opponent there for Howard. And the final score back then was 167 back in 1992. I don't know if we're going to see 167 coming up on Thursday, but we'll we'll definitely see what happens there. So Kansas gets a one seed. What I find really interesting, Jack, is... KU, on Saturday, after getting that win against Iowa State in the Big 12 semis, Joe Lenardi, Mr. Bracketology of ESPN, he predicted that Kansas had locked up the number one overall seat. It was over. They were going to be the number one overall seat. He made that announcement. So tell me, what changed? I know what happened. Kansas lost to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. They got out-physicaled, if you want to say it that way. They got out-muscled. That's really what happened. They got out-muscled by Texas. Texas got the W. KU was without Kevin McCuller Jr. Kansas was without its head coach, Bill Self, who, by the way, has been discharged from the hospital. He's back. He'll be coaching this week, so that part's great. Houston loses to Memphis in the AAC Championship. And yet, Houston has fewer quad one and two wins combined than Kansas does. Houston gets a higher seed than Kansas. How has this happened, Jack? I I know how it happens. It's called the NCAA Selection Committee messed up. They always seem to do that every year. I'm not even going to complain about Kansas and the number one overall seed. 
If you want to give it to Alabama, give it to Alabama. That part I don't care about. And maybe for Kansas, not getting the one seed in the Midwest, maybe it's not that big of a deal because I don't think it's really it really hasn't panned out for Kansas in previous years. So maybe it doesn't really matter. But if the selection committee wants to preach quad one, quad one, quad one, throw that down your throat, time in and time out, then what are we doing here that Kansas is below Houston? What yeah, are we doing here? I think that most Kansas fans have a reason to be upset about this, and it's it's not so much complaining about being a one seed. That's not the argument. It's that the committee, as you just pointed out, all season long harped on and Joe Lunardi harped on and all the CBS and ESPN analysts harped on quad one wins, how teams fare in quad one. You know, even when North Carolina was struggling, the fact that was brought up was they had one quad one win, and that's why they're not in the NCAA tournament. And then when it comes down to it, it's kind of flipped, and Chris Reynolds goes on CBS and ESPN yesterday, and he has to explain to the nation why Houston got the number two overall seed as opposed to Kansas. And he brought up things like, well, it was that Houston was more competitive in their losses. Well, Houston had a quad three <laughs> loss, and Kansas was undefeated in quad two, three, and four. So Houston has a bad loss on the resume. Kansas, of their seven, does not. And I don't think that's ever really been used in margin of defeat in picking seeds. I thought it was always, if you lose that game, you lose the game. A loss is a loss. It doesn't matter whether you lose by one or you lose by 30. And Kansas, of their seven losses, all seven of those teams are in the NCAA tournament. Yes, Houston lost to Alabama early on in the season, the number one overall seed. But they lost to Temple. And they lost again to Memphis who did make the NCAA tournament as an eight seed, but that was kind of the penalty for Houston playing in the American Conference. It's still a competitive conference. It ain't the Big 12. And the, the penalty for those schools that are not in Power 5 conferences, it's that if you slip up or you lose, you are going to be penalized by dropping a couple spots. But then Chris Reynolds throws out, well, we factor in whether Bill Self's status would be in question. That's not what a seed should be. That's that's in the future. <laughs> Your seeding's based on the regular season and the conference tournament. And if it's solely for the fact that Texas beat them by 20 and then hammered them as also in Austin, then just say that. Say that's the main reason. But these other numbers of, well, Houston was competitive in their losses, and then quad one and quad two combined. What about quad three? They lost a the game in quad three. That should have been the, the final nail on the fact that Houston would be the number three overall seed and Kansas would be the number two overall seed. Like I said in Shane's show, every team you play in the NCAA tournament is usually going to be pretty good. It's going to be a tough right. out. But I think Kansas fans are more so upset at the fact that now quad one wins, which you set a record for NCAA history with 17 of them, that's now just thrown away because of what happened in the conference championship. But Houston also lost in the conference championship. Does margin of defeat matter more so than we ever thought it was? Maybe now per Chris Reynolds, it does matter a lot. Yeah. The explanation yesterday was just what? And even Ken Palm, our boy, Ken Pomeroy, who I very much enjoy. And look, and here's the other thing too, which is why if the NCAA committee wanted to throw out the fact, hey, we look at Ken Palm now, Houston's number one in Kempom's ratings. Kansas is number nine. So even if you want to throw that out there, be like, okay, fine, whatever. That's okay. That's fine. If you want to save that and use that to really make your decision that Houston should be better than Kansas, okay, fine. I'll even listen to that argument. That's fine. Kempom Roy, he tweeted this out. Did the head of the selection committee say the committee consider Bill Self's absence in Kansas' seating? 
an absolutely terrible consideration. I'd love to hear how the committee evaluated Norm Roberts' coaching ability because, yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? Anywho, Kansas, number one seed, it's all that matters. Kansas fans just angry because there was an opportunity to see Kansas and Kansas City, and now the Jayhawks will have to go to Las Vegas instead, which that's not so bad of a consolation prize, I would imagine, for Kansas fans. Here's the thing about the rest of the bracket for KU, though. Kansas, if the Jayhawks were to win, they would face the winner of the 8-9 matchup, Arkansas and Illinois, and boy, is that scary as H-E double hockey sticks. Arkansas is ridiculously athletic, and the Razorbacks, if they get by Illinois, I think they're going to be a very, very tough test for Kansas in that second round. Especially if Kevin McCullough Jr. with those back spasms, that thing's not going to stop. It's not going to go away. So Kevin McCullough Jr. not being at full strength, Arkansas as athletic as the Arkansas team is, that's scary. I do have a brother who has a daughter. One of my nieces is a Razorbacks person. She's going to Arkansas. So they are very much enjoying that matchup, or at least the potential matchup coming up in Des Moines. In terms of the other seeds, I know some people are really concerned about St. Mary's, which I get you should be concerned about the Gales. I can see VCU actually pulling off that upset in the very first round. UConn, whatever, TCU is going to be a very popular pick. But as soon as I saw the first two regions be announced, I just had this feeling. I'm thinking to myself, Gonzaga and UCLA are both going to be a part of KU's region. And that's exactly what we see here. Gonzaga is going to be interesting if the Zags get to the Elite Eight and if Kansas gets to the Elite Eight. UCLA, I'm not quite concerned with as much because the Bruins, they're banged up. They just suffered another injury. I I don't know. I don't think they're going to get upended by Northwestern or Boise State or UNC Asheville. They'll probably lose to Gonzaga. That would be my guess. But, yeah, or even TCU for that matter, I think there's a good chance TCU could actually go to the Elite Eight if things kind of shape up right there for them. But what a tough region there for Kansas. They'll be matched up with Arkansas in that second-round game. And then you're probably going to face Gonzaga, maybe UCLA, TCU. That could be a challenge for Kansas. It's a tough region. What do you think of the region? Jack Johnson. Well, here's the thing, too. I think that, like I, I said with the other regions, everybody's got their tough matchups. Every one seed, I think, is going down their bracket and going, man, don't like that, don't like that. That team's athletic. I mean, and nowadays in the NCAA tournament, what 8-9 seed isn't a scary matchup? I'm sure Alabama's looking at West Virginia and going, I don't want to see them. Man, I'm really hoping a team like Maryland can get by them. And I think for Arkansas and Illinois, that both teams present as troublesome matchups for KU. But what 8-9 seed isn't going to be a troublesome matchup for a 1 seed? It's always going to be tough in the NCAA tournament. I think more so than anything, though, when you look at the top five seeds here. Okay, you're out west, you got to play in Vegas. Your 2 seed has to go right next door to their neighbor's house in Vegas if they were to get to the Elite Eight. 
Your four seed is the fourth-ranked team in Ken Palm. Your four seed, UConn, per Ken Palm, is considered the top five team nationally. Your five seed, oh, St. Mary's, where's that campus at? Oh, yeah, California. So they got to go next door to Vegas if you were to play them. So it's kind of shaping out for the West region that a lot of those, you know, top five seeds, except for Kansas and UConn, they'd have to go right next door, right across the street over to Vegas. Now, I know it's a lot longer travel than I'm just leading on right here, but I think that's <laughs> why I think it was like when Kansas didn't get the Midwest. Jack makes it seem like it's a 15-minute drive yeah, a little from, walk over, from UCLA. Stroll, <laughs> a stroll over to the, to the straight. It's not like 2007 where Kansas hosted UCLA in L.A. Spokane, Spokane is just uh, an easy little half-hour drive, drive to Las over, Vegas. Yeah. But it's West Coast. Um, and so I think for Kansas fans, when they look at the matchup, they're going, not only do we not get to go down the street 40 minutes where it actually is a little nice stroll down the sidewalk to the T-Mobile Center, they got to go a long-ass way and also maybe go into more so enemy territory if they were to face a Gonzaga or a UCLA or a St. Mary's. Now, like I said, it doesn't really matter when you make the Sweet 16 Elite Eight where you really play because let's go back a couple of years. KU played Oregon in the Sprint Center and Mm -hmm. lost. So it more so comes down to matchups at that point, which is why when when I'm at Selection, where you're watching Selection Sunday, you have every right to be mad for the first 15, 20 minutes after the show's done, (laughs) and then you go, huh, you know, now when I think about it, you got to move on because you got to beat these teams. That's the most important thing here, and and you can pinpoint every little team, why they're difficult, why that's a, oh, of course we get that team. Like, of course, you get Arkansas, who's got a top-two recruiting class. They have two lottery picks in Nick Smith Jr. and Anthony Black, and they've got two big... Big twins and Makai and Mikel Mitchell, who are 6'10 and 6'11. But Illinois also has a lot of problematic things for KU. You look at Howard. No, I'm not picking Howard to win. But Howard, I think, since uh, January, has been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. It, you factor in a lot of different things here. But I think Jack's overall, predicting another UMBC, fellas. You know, I, I do love my retrievers, uh, that, that type of matchup. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do agree with you that of all the two seeds, like when Arizona was seen in the South region, I'm thinking, man, Alabama kind of got screwed there. They got the best number two seed, and I thought for sure Arizona would be lined up to play Kansas in the Midwest region. But they get UCLA, and as you pointed out, they already lost a starter and then may have lost one again on Friday. So you get a banged-up two seed. Gonzaga, we always talk about Gonzaga, don't we, uh, on this show of how fraudulent they can be. They never pull through, except for their COVID year where they went to the national championship and lost to Baylor. But I think a lot of teams would say, hey, if we're a one seed, we want Gonzaga as the three because – Unlike a lot of years, they actually slipped up a couple of times in the non-conference and in-conference play. So overall, the, the whole matchups, you're going to have your tough matchups here and there. I think, if anything, the sleeper team, which really shouldn't be considered a sleeper team that could make a run to the Final Four, I think it's UConn. Like, I think if Kansas and UConn play in the Sweet 16, I would take the winner of that game to go on to the Final Four and represent the West region. All right, going over to Kansas State's region. So the Wildcats... The best-case scenario for K-State, the Wildcats were hoping for really Denver. I think that was probably the number one goal. Or Des Moines. Those are really the two there for the Wildcats. Instead, they get neither. They get to go to Greensboro, North Carolina. I don't think K-State fans are excited about that. But the Wildcats, they got upended in the first round by TCU. We had a feeling that that would affect Kansas State. And as the bracket was being announced, of course, I was like, man, I still don't see Kentucky. I still don't see Duke. I don't see Marquette. I'm thinking, all right, K-State's going to have a, a pretty interesting round of 32. But who do the Wildcats get in the first round? 
They get Montana State. Kansas State versus Montana State in Greensboro, North Carolina. K-State's favored by 8.5 in case you're wondering. Montana State, number 13 seed. If K-State were to win, the Wildcats would face the winner in the 6-11 matchup, Kentucky and Providence. I know at first glance, when this was announced, I texted a buddy. And I said, oh, boy, the number one Achilles heel for K-State's Oscar Shibway in the post, the athleticism for Kentucky, oh, boy, that is not ideal for Kansas State. However, do not sleep on the Providence Friars. I think they can get the win. Providence is only a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Friars... They're limping to the finish line, though. They've lost three, excuse me, four of their final five games, but they also have pretty impressive wins over Creighton, UConn, as you just brought up, and they even have a win over Marquette. So Kentucky, as much as you're looking at the round of 32, thinking K-State could meet up with Kentucky and lose, I can also see K-State going to the Sweet 16. I can see that happening if they get the win over Montana State, and then square off with Providence. I can see the Wildcats going to the Sweet 16. However, they'll probably meet up with Marquette, and I don't necessarily like their chances with Marquette. Marquette's been such a, a fun team to watch. C.J. Moore even pointed that out when he was on the show not too long ago. So I don't think the NCAA selection committee did K-State any favors either, but we all knew that this would be a little bit of a, of a problem for K-State after losing on Friday against TCU. We all thought, not Friday, I'm sorry, Thursday against TCU. We all thought that that would be something that would hurt K-State and ended up hurting Kansas State. But I look at that region, I know you got Purdue there. At number one, FAU Memphis was going to be a very intriguing 8-9 matchup. FAU is just a, a fun team overall. Your puke Blue Devils. Duke taking on Oral Roberts. I'm sure you're going to be picking Oral Roberts in the first-round upset. Won't be surprised. Tennessee, I was in love with Tennessee, not so much anymore. I don't know if you're Kansas State. I know you got to deal with Marquette, but I look on the other side, outside of Purdue, who really impresses you in this region, Jack? You know, Is there anyone else that really impresses you? Because I look, I look at Tennessee. I know Duke's playing hot. Mm-hmm. I look at Tennessee, and I thought they were, and they're still a good team, but I'm not in love with them as much anymore. You can't, Michigan State, used USC, I'm not even considering them to beat Marquette, at least not right now, based on initial research. Uh, to me, I look at that bracket, that region, I go, it's either Purdue or Marquette. If you, if you can get the past Marquette, you got a legit shot going to the Elite Eight and potentially the Final Four if things kind of shape up your way. Yeah, I think this was a great draw for Kansas State. I really liked it. I, I didn't think they got that sneaky of a 14 seed with Montana State. Uh, Ken Palm, I know I brought them up a lot, but Ken Palm does not like Montana State at all. I think it is by far and away the weakest region. If I was to make a uh, a sleeper projection right now, I think the East region will likely produce a lower seed in the Final Four. I don't see Purdue making it. 
I'm skeptical on Shaka Smart. I've vocalized that before, that under mm-hmm. Texas, he never made it to the second weekend, and that does concern me. But as for Kansas State, I think of teams and then the first couple rounds that you should be fearful of, um, I know that people want to rule out Kentucky here. I know that Kentucky's not been consistent. John Calipari was on the hot seat. But here's why it could concern me. You know, a guy like Oscar Sheboy, double-double machine, the best pure rebounder in all of college basketball. Outside of turnovers for Kansas State, where do they kind of struggle? I think front court play. Uh, they're not that great at defending around the rim. I could see Oscar Sheboy really giving them fits. I thought Iowa State early in the year gave K-State fits rebounding the ball. They're a great rebounding team. They showed that against Baylor. And then Marquette. What does Marquette do really, really well? They turn the ball over. What does K-State do a lot? They turn the ball over. So I think when you're looking at those matchups, I would honestly put Marquette at the top of the list because of the way they turn the ball over. I think Kentucky gets it's such an early matchup, and you never really know what version of the Wildcats you're going to get. They can be as good as knocking off Tennessee and Knoxville, or they can be as bad as losing the Vanderbilt twice in the span of a month. So that's the that's the uncertainty with Kentucky. I'm really not that concerned with Purdue. I have not been impressed with Purdue for a long, long time. I know they have Zach Eady, and I just brought up front court play for Kansas State. You may have to go to through Purdue if you were to get to the Final Four, um, and that would be a problem in trying to defending a seven foot five just giant monster man and Zach Eady. But I think when you're looking at these first couple weekend matchups, number one, you guys take it step by step. You gotta get past Montana State. But Providence is a scary eleven seed. Kentucky is still Kentucky. They've got talent on that roster. And if there was a Marquette matchup and Chaga Smart does get to the second weekend, that's a type of game, kinda like what we said with Kansas and Yukon. Maybe if it's K State and Marquette, the winner of that game would potentially represent uh the East region in the final four. NCAA Tournament Bracket is out. Bracket Challenge is live on ESPNWichita.com. Go on there now. Get your bracket filled up. Your chance to win Wichita Wind Search tickets, Wichita State Men's Basketball tickets, Wichita State Baseball, gift cards, gift certificates. We are going to give you so many different things to win. Top 10 is going to get something. So go to our Bracket Challenge on ESPNWichita.com. It's brought to you by Chance Transmissions as well as Dave and Busters. And speaking of Dave and Busters, we're going to be out there on Friday. you got to come on out. We'll have a chance for you to win an Ochai Abaji autographed jersey. Pretty cool stuff, to say the least. Well, we went long here in segment number one. No one should be surprised because it's just been a loaded show, and we got something else to get to here in just a little bit. Real quick, right now it is happy hour at Twin Peaks, Ridge and Tap, 21st and Rock. Coming up this week, it is St. Patrick's Day, and celebrate St. Patty's all week with Irish whiskey, Guinness beer, and scenic views from March 11th through the 17th. They'll be featuring a lingerie costume party and drink specials, on some of their favorite festive shots, cocktails, and more. And if you're feeling lucky, wear some green into the lodge, and your Twin Peaks girl will bring you a free order of fried pickles on March 17th. It's St. Patty's Day, and they know how you like to party. Valid at participating locations only. Get with your favorite lodge for more details. The two here in Wichita, Ridge and Taft, and 21st in Rock. All right, big news coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. They went ahead and made a big splash in free agency. We'll tell you about that next 
here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, well, we are all jacked up about the month of March, and rightfully so, because the madness is just around the corner. But here's the thing. We're still celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl win, and you can still win, or I should say, I should say you should you can still celebrate with FOCO. FOCO is a premier manufacturer of officially licensed sports and novelty products featuring exclusive bobbleheads, apparel, collectibles, footwear, toys, and much, much more. They always have a great selection with the Chiefs during the regular season, but they have a special Super Bowl collection to celebrate the big win. Go to www.foco.com slash ESPN Wichita and check out this impressive collection now before it's all gone. That's foco, F-O-C-O, dot com slash ESPN Wichita. Find your fandom with FOCO. Since 1933, Envision has been a part of the Wichita community, serving people who are blind or visually impaired and their families. From employment opportunities to child development, rehabilitation, research, and crucial programs for all ages. This year, we celebrate our 90th birthday. We invite you to join our year-long celebration of 90 years of envisioning the possibilities. Visit EnvisionUs.com to wish us a happy birthday and join us in continuing the mission. 100% of your gift directly impacts Envision's programs and services. Thank you, Wichita. Sean, what are you doing? Get in my car. So why are you walking to work? (sighs) Thanks, man. It's these insanely high gas prices. They're draining my bank account. I can't afford to drive anymore. Dude, don't walk. Just do what I do because I never pay full price for gas anymore. I use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Oh, wait. You're telling me you get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around two hundred dollars wow that's serious cash i'm downloading the free upside app now download the free upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas use promo code full for a five dollar bonus on your first tank that's promo code full you can cash out anytime right to your bank account to paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free upside app and use promo code full for a five dollar bonus on your first tank that's code full for a five dollar bonus Meet Bob Manetti. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to share the kind of -of state-of-the-art work being done by Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation. To learn more about the latest research, including clinical trials, visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Ray Maliotza here for eBay Motors. So you ordered a new air filter for your car. You try to install it, but it doesn't fit. So you take a little bit off the sides. 
Well, still doesn't fit? Well, you could try to sit on it. Or get it right the first time with eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit. When you see the check, you know that part's going to fit. Air filters, brakes, headlights, over 122 million parts. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Boy, this show is just zooming on by. Just a lot of stuff to talk about, man. From the brackets to Wichita State men's basketball, who's going to be the next guy. If you missed any of our thoughts on Wichita State men's basketball, we spent pretty much hour number one talking about that. You can go and listen later on at ESPNWichita.com. There's a podcast page on there. We also have podcasts available on Spotify and Apple Music. Coming up, we do have a Mount Rush for Monday. But we do got to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason why that is, NFL free agency is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Just saw that Jesse Bates is going to the Atlanta Falcons. So he's not going to be a Bengal next year. The Bengals are losing both their starting safeties to the NFC South. Andrew Wiley, starting right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is going to the Washington Commanders. Oh, no, where are the Chiefs going to do at right tackle? Andrew Wiley's gone. Lucas Niang, come on down. But wait, hold on. The Chiefs, they have to worry about their left tackle. Orlando Brown Jr., they didn't use the franchise tag on him. What are they going to do? Brett Veach says, hold on. I already have this figured out, fellas. Jacksonville Jags offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor, has reached agreement on a four-year, $80 million deal, including $60 million guaranteed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Taylor is 25 years old. He showed improvement in 2022. He was considered to be the Jags' most consistent offensive lineman. He's six foot five, 312 pounds, has the ability to mirror speed and handle power rushers who try to test him on the interior. He hasn't missed a game since the Jags drafted him 35th overall in 2019. Though he had to win a training camp competition with Walker Little, 45th overall pick in 2021, to keep his starting job in 2022. Jawan Taylor had the third lowest pressure rate allowed among tackles last season at 2.5%. Woo! That part I do like. However, it's a right tackle. He played right tackle for the Jacksonville Jags. So does that mean Kansas City is going to draft the left tackle in the draft? Because I don't think they're going to be able to go out and get anyone a free agency. After looking at some of the offensive lineman deals, no way. Or later Brown Jr., it's going to be really interesting to see how much he gets paid. Because the Denver Broncos, I felt like they overpaid for their offensive linemen. One of them being Ben Powers, 
shout-out Wichita boy, Ben Powers, formerly of Cape, if I recall correctly. He is now a part of the Denver Broncos offensive line unit, so congratulations to him. He's getting paid. But the Broncos, they're overpaying, I would say, for another one of their tackles, and McKinsley, they went quite a, quite a bit there for him, which I find that interesting. So what are the Chiefs going to do at left tackle? Well, it sounds like, based on reports, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are thinking about moving Taylor over to left tackle. And, Jack, how come you didn't step in these last couple weeks and tell me? You remember what happened last time with Brett Veach? He went ahead and traded the first-round draft pick for a right tackle in Orlando Brown Jr. They moved him to left tackle. Now they don't want to pay him. So what does Brett Beach do? He goes and gets Taylor at right tackle money to put him on the left side of the line to be their future left tackle. Now his run blocking grade is not great. It's pretty woeful. His pass blocking grade is substantially better than his run blocking grade. And at the end of the day, that's probably the only damn thing that matters with Patrick Mahomes being at quarterback. This guy is big. He's regarded as a really good offensive lineman. A lot of people seem to like this. And I like this, too, because Brett Veach, he continues to just play the game the right way, I feel like. Orlando Brown Jr. is going to have that pricey left tackle tag. He doesn't want to give him that top three tackle money. Instead, Brett Feach says, all right, let me bring in this guy from Jacksonville, convert him to left tackle, use him for three years probably, probably four, maybe use him, use a franchise tag on him at age 29, and then just repeat the cycle. Brett Feach has this pattern, and the pattern has shown up once again here for the Chiefs. But the beautiful thing is, Taylor is not automatically going to the left side. So Kansas City does have some flexibility there. The Chiefs very well could say, all right, let's look at the draft. You can trade up, maybe get a left tackle in the top 15. Maybe that's what happens for Kansas City. Don't know, though. We'll just have to wait and see. At the end of the day, there's flexibility. It's a contract. That's good for right tackle money. And to slide him over the left, you give Jawan Taylor a chance to really make bigger money down the line by putting him at left tackle. I like this move from Kansas City. Jack Johnson, what do you have to say about Jawan Taylor being a part of this Kansas City Chiefs unit? I think it is the right move here. I know that he's a right tackle that will scare some people. He did not play left tackle in college when he was at Florida. But this is the exact same move they made a couple years back when they acquired Orlando Brown Jr. You have a younger guy who had been to multiple Pro Bowls. He was a right tackle, but had moved over to left tackle when Staley got hurt in Baltimore. So it was more of a project here. And I think maybe the good thing for getting a younger guy here instead of paying for Orlando Brown Jr., well, when you look at a guy like Taylor, he was one of the better pass-blocking tackles in all football where when you went and acquired Orlando Brown Jr., that was more of a rushing attack, though. That was a team that really liked to run the football, and now you're getting a guy that's going to be better at protecting the quarterback when throwing the football, which, surprise, surprise, what do the Chiefs like to do with Patrick Mahomes? It's throw the football. 
Now, I know that's going to be maybe a work in progress here. I do not expect Jawan Taylor to immediately come in and be a top three left tackle in the league. But you maybe save some money here instead of overpaying for Orlando Brown Jr., who, let's be honest, he was not a otherworldly type of left tackle last year. He was very good. He's very good down the stretch, but there were a lot of struggles last year. He was a guy that allowed a good amount of pressures along with Andrew Wiley. And now you want to get a little bit younger. You want to build to the future. I know right tackle is vacant right now. Likely need to go through the draft or maybe a bank on Lucas Niang or Darian Kennard to hold down that spot. But I do like the move. I really liked him out of Jacksonville. I thought he'd be one of those underrated options. I know the Bears wanted him really badly, but the Chiefs slip in here. They never really considered, I guess, to give Orlando Brown Jr. the money that he was asking for. And like I said last week on the show, if they would have extended Orlando Brown Jr., I'm fine with it. You know who's playing left tackle. If they didn't, I just wanted them to have a plan B option immediately in place. And there you go right there. Brett Veach didn't even wait to Orlando Brown Jr. to go talk to other teams. He went out and got himself uh, his future left tackle in Jawan Taylor. Can I get up the Brett? Brett Veach knows a thing or two about what he's doing, being a GM. That's for darn sure. I just saw some Chiefs fans walk on by, by the way, here at Riverfront Stadium, in case you're wondering. Other things going on in the AFC West. I was texting a buddy of mine who's a big Raiders fan. The Las Vegas Raiders. They get their quarterback. It's not C.J. Stroud. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo agreed to a three-year, $67.5 million deal, including $34 million guaranteed. He'll be reunited with Raiders coach Josh McDaniels, who served as the Patriots' offensive coordinator during Garoppolo's three years in New England. Boy, isn't that sweet. Good for the Raiders to go from having the third-best quarterback in the AFC West to the third-best quarterback in the AFC West. I hit the analysis right on the head there, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I know the quarterback market was a little bit crazy, but if there was maybe one quarterback everybody here in Kansas City was going to laugh at the Raiders for going out and spending a lot of money for, probably would have been Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I just, uh, I think the guy I feel for the worst. When are you get? When are you going to go after your franchise quarterback? When are they going to do it? They they have to at some point. Maybe you go through the draft now. Maybe you try to have a guy build behind. Uh, Jimmy oh, why, do you do what the 49ers did with drafting Trey Lance and have him Maybe. waiting in the wing? Boy, that worked out real well for San Francisco. Yeah, it, it certainly didn't go the way San Francisco hoped, but they got a guy in Brock Purdy who now is their future quarterback. Yeah, because uh, that was the plan all along. <laughs> Maybe it, <laughs> Maybe San it's Fred. a guy like, I don't know, Anthony Richardson falls into your lap, you take him, and, and you feel, feel like you have stability with Jimmy Garoppolo, though he's not going to – Probably beat the Chiefs once next year. He's probably not going to beat the Chargers either. You're likely going to finish third or fourth in that division. Maybe they just wanted more stability at the quarterback position. But I don't see it being an upgrade whatsoever over Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I think, has more upside than Jimmy Garoppolo. And this just kind of feels very Raider. And I was going to say, uh, the guy I feel for the worst, Devontae Adams wanted out of Green Bay. He left his Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Teamed up with his college teammate in Derek Carr. And the reward of coming to Vegas, despite being in a beautiful city like Sin City, his next quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm sure Devontae Adams now sitting here with his hands in the air and going, man, what the <laughs> hell happened to me in the last two years? I just turned in these numbers, and then you take away my quarterback, one of the main reasons I came to Vegas. Uh, he's hurting. I don't know how much longer he's going to want to stay there. Yeah, fair point. 
Two other things, the two other teams in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos, as I told you about when it comes to the the tackle money. The Denver Broncos, they signed Mike McGlinchey, and they signed Ben Powers. Ben Powers, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers right tackle was Mike McGlinchey. Five-year deal worth $87.5 mil with $50 million guaranteed. Powers, like I said, credit to him, getting a four-year contract worth 52 mil, $28.5 million guaranteed. So shout-out Wichita. McGlinchey, after missing 12 games in 2021 with a torn quad, started every game for the Niners last season. He posted the second-best pass-block win rate of his career and a career-best run-block win rate. So there you go, number five among all tackles. Powers, 26, two years starting left guard for the Baltimore Ravens. So Denver trying to help out Russell Wilson by getting some guys up front for him. And last but not least, I can't can't let the L.A. Chargers off the hook. Their number one tailback in Austin Eckler, well, he's not too happy. He eyes trade after extension talks stall. Austin Eckler is entering the final season of his four-year, $24.5 million contract and is scheduled to earn $6.25 million. He's 27 years old. I love how some Chiefs reporters immediately were like, nope, don't even think about it. Although I did chuckle, Jack. Someone said, Clyde Edwards to layer for Austin Eckler straight up. Who says no? <laughs> I'd take it. That's for sure in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Hey, by the way, I'm looking at uh, CBS Sports on the TV here. I don't know who this is talking right now, but they just picked K-State and Purdue to make it to the Elite Eight. K-State knocks off Marquette. There in the intern, who is that? You have any idea? Uh, I do not. Some good, some good. No, not you. You're not Darren the intern. You're Jack I was, Johnson. I was going. I know. I was going to give some insight. Oh, you're just, not. I, I knew you were going to swing it to me eventually. <laughs> do you know who it is? I can't even see what's going on. CBS Sports right now is talking about it, but I just saw that they picked K State to beat Marquette to go to the to the lead eight. But I didn't see who they picked to go on to the final four. My guess is it would be Purdue. But I could be wrong. Yeah, your name's not Darren the Intern. Your name's Jack, you dingling. Come on now. <laughs> Darren the Intern's the guy here to my left. And by the way, I'll make sure to try to get a video of uh, someone saying that I am the alpha male of our species. I'll make sure to try to get that for you tonight if I see him. 316-247-0923. That's the text line. Sneak in. No stats. We have one more segment to go. We'll come back and wrap up a Monday edition of The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. This is The Pulse on Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Paz Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon Paz Patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day. In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon Pass reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications. For pain, I use Salon Pass. It's good medicine. Sponsored by Hizumitsu. By now, you know that sound. 
It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about those sounds? Those are the sounds of a new laundry set that provides a powerful yet gentle clean in less time, making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Get up to 25% off plus 750 instant savings on select appliances. Valid June 22nd through July 13th. U.S. only. Gas dryer extra. See store for details. Paid for by government.com. Did you hear? A recent stash of $10 Gold Liberty coins from the 1800s has been found. These gorgeous gold coins are as bright and shiny as the day they were struck in the late 1800s. And less than 50 of these gold coins are available. Coin experts are calling this gold find an incredible opportunity. Call 1-800-495-6468 and you are guaranteed a $10 Gold Liberty coin minted by the U.S. Mint in the 1800s. But with extremely limited availability, you must call now. These Gold Liberty coins from the 1800s are still in uncirculated condition. That is history you can hold in your hand. To learn more, call 1-800-495-6468. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's bonus package, a $40 value, free with every order. Call 1-800-495-6468 now to secure your $10 Gold Liberty coins dated from the 1800s before they sell out. That's 1-800-495-6468. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's madness, and that means that baseball season is right around the corner. The Wichita Wind Surge home opener is April 11th, and individual tickets are on sale now. Fans can purchase tickets for their favorite games like Opening Day, Star Wars Night, 3rd of July, and much more. Tickets can be purchased at the box office or at windsurge.com. Season tickets, hospitality, and mini plans are also available. Listen to all the games right here on your home for the Wind Surge, ESPN Wichita, and remember the home opener, April 11th. Monday edition of the Pulse, almost over here on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Coming up, Saran Petro with the program. We do have overtime tonight, so if you missed any of our thoughts on Wichita State men's basketball, something tells me there will be a segment or two when it comes to overtime from 6 to 7. Just want to remind you on ESPNWichita.com, Bracket Challenge is up. It's live Go to ESPNWitch.com, fill out a bracket, fill out as many as you'd like. We have lots of things to give away. Plenty of prizes from Wichita Wind Surge tickets, Wichita State men's basketball tickets, Wichita State baseball tickets, maybe some other stuff being snuck in there as well, plus some gift cards, some swag bags, you name it. We have a lot of prizes for you this year. Go to ESPNWitch.com and fill out a bracket. We just had someone stop on by and officially pick up their Marquez Valdez-Scantling autographed jersey. Could we have something like that up our sleeves? I don't know. you just have to wait and see. ESPNWitch.com. All right, Jack. Mount Rushmore Monday time. 
Tomorrow is National Potato Chip Day. Boy, isn't it perfect? We talked about bugles last week, and here we are getting ready to talk about potato chips. <laughs> By the way, I saw bugles at the store yesterday. I was shaking my head, Jack Johnson. Not a fan of bugles. Not a fan. Potato chips, okay? Potato chips. We're not talking uh, Fritos. Yeah, it's going to be tough then. Potato chips. So, let's get into it. Specific flavors would be my guess in terms of what you're going to go after. So be very, very specific. There's a lot of potato chips. So you can be very specific. There's lots of crazy flavors out there. So, Mm. yeah, eliminate Doritos, eliminate Fritos. What you got for your number one? I'm going to go Miss Vickers, just typical, normal, regular potato chips. Sea salt. It doesn't need to be vinegar. Ooh. So, yeah. I like normal potato chips. You just want sea salt. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So the red bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. Well, I'm going Ruffles, Ruffles cheddar sour cream. Just saying, that is the way to go. That is number one for potato chips. Something about the Ruffles man just hits differently. You're number two. Though it makes your breath smell terrible, I'll go with the Lay's uh, sour cream and onion chip. It it makes your breath smell terrible. Oh yeah, Ugh. yeah. Onion breath. Really? Oh yeah. No, it makes your breath. Smell I had bad. no idea. Sorry. No. Yeah, Amelia gum. I had no idea. Can I go with Mrs. Vicky's jalapeno? Oh, yeah. That's what I want. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? That's Mm -hmm. my number two. Oh, yeah. I had those uh, the other day, and whoo, fired, man. Still, still one of my favorites. So, all right. On to number three for you. I'm trying to think what the name of the brand is. It's got the lighthouse on it. Uh, Cape Cod. Cape Cod uh, kettle cooked chips. I'll go barbecue flavored on that. I don't think I've ever had those. Cape Cod's good, yep. I'll have to put that on my list. I don't think I've ever had those. How can you go against the Lay's barbecue? I know that's probably like the lamest choice I'll probably have on this list, but I got to go with it. I'm a big fan of barbecue Lay's. Always solid, always reliable. I know you brought up sour cream. I prefer the barbecue over the la- or over the over the sour cream. So. Last but not least, your final potato chip selection. This is going to be a rarity. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lay's chip, the baked potato flavor, loaded baked potato flavor. I don't think I've ever purple bag. had those. It's a purple bag? It is. Huh. I'll have to check those out. My last one, kind of a wild card. Talk about sour cream. Sour cream and onion Pringles. Sneaking in those for my final selection on a Mount Rushmore Monday featuring potato chips. All right, we are done. Holy smokes, what a show. Thank you so much for tuning us in. To all those that went to the text line, that went to Twitter, appreciate you all. Can't wait to see what happens going forward with Wichita State Men's Basketball. If you missed any of our thoughts, Go to ESPNWichita.com, Apple Music, or Spotify. For producer Jack Johnson, I'm Pat Strompin saying so long, Wichita. Have a great one. See you tomorrow at 2 here on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. 
Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.